Good morning, kings and queens, princesses and princes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us begin with prayer. Gracious Father, we bless you. We thank you for being the king of glory. We thank you for being our father, our redeemer, our shepherd, and our king. We thank you for reconciling us back to you through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are thankful to you for the Holy Spirit, who is the promised advocate, who empowers us to be effective witnesses to your kingdom here on earth. We thank you for loving us and watching over us. Lord, let all that we are praise you. We will praise you as long as we live. We will sing your praises with our dying breath our hope is in you the lord our god you created heaven and earth the sea and everything in them you keep every promise forever and we stand amazed at how awesome you are how amazing is the triune god and there's just not enough words amen If you have your Bible with you today, if you have your social media device, you can swipe up, click, or download the following scripture from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11, which reads, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. In another version, I'm reading the voice translation. It says, a person with discretion is not easily angered. He gains respect by overlooking an offense. May the Lord add a reading, a blessing to the reading of his word and the hearing of his word. Amen. The key word in this scripture is discretion. And... With discretion, that is the freedom to decide what should be done in a particular situation. The quality of behavior or speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense or revealing private information. Such as, she knew she could rely on this, on his discretion. Many are the plans in a person's heart. But it is in the Lord's purpose that prevails. They say that in the uh, the NLT version. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purposes will prevail. That's in another translation. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. With the discretion of God's wisdom, we can defer our anger and ignore his or her transgression against us. We can turn the other cheek, pass over the provocation, and choose mercy over wrath. But those who obey Jesus Christ and taught by the Holy Spirit will ever do so. Discretion is the ability to know the right action for any occasion. Deferring is putting off, delaying, or postponing something. 
Godly discretion chooses to delay and postpone getting angry when someone offends us. It is the mark of a wise man, a gracious and gentle spirit. It is a mark of Christian maturity for only wicked fools quickly strike back. We must choose a spirit that glorifies in forgiving those who hurt us by choosing the way of wisdom, peace, and love. And we have scriptures, Proverbs 17, 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7, and um, James chapter 3, verse 17. The spirit that glorifies in quick retaliation or retribution is from hell, and you should reject and despise it. Man's natural inclination Price itself in quickly spotting and writing personal wrongs. But this is weakness. This is wickedness. Choose mercy. Choose patience. I'm sorry. Choose peace. And choose love instead. This proverb is not teaching you to pass over or compromise with sins against God or rightful authority. Parental authority, civil governments, and employers must still enforce rules. The offenses here are the relatively minor transgressions of others that irritate and provoke you. This is a wonderful proverb, one of the best. If practiced consistently, personal relationships would be perfect and human societies would be joyful and productive. This is true love and true friendship. Marriages observing this rule would be much more glorious. Churches practicing this discretion would be much more happy and spirit-filled. If everyone overlooked personal offenses and glorified in the opportunity to forgive, life would could be wonderful, but pride keeps a man from deferring anger. He must strike back in quick revenge to protect his imagined superiority and hurt feelings, desiring preeminence over others. He must protect his self-interest. Sullen faces appear. Sharp words are spoken. Criticisms are heard without cause, and blows might even be thrown. This is a proud person, or some people say a proud fool. God's wisdom does not change. Jesus taught his rule plainly in Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48, where he called for offering another cheek to personal enemies. He said not to resist evil when it is a personal offense against you. He said to do good to your personal enemies. This is the way of godly peacemakers, and they become very good at it. They glorify in forgiving, and they are glorious in the forgiveness they give enemies. They are the true sons of God. Peter 
ever the impetuous discipline disciple i'm sorry this disciple asked jesus how often he had to forgive a brother offending him he wanted the limit at seven after which he could justify revenge but jesus raised the bar to 70 times seven and who the world is going to remember that far above peter's natural discretion yet by the strength of christ you can be so godly and righteous the world does not know the wisdom of this proverb it honors men who will not put up with offenses men who strike back quickly and harder than they were struck they glorify men that violently retaliate and get in the last retard or the last word i'm gonna get the last word i'm gonna get the last blow but god's mighty men are those who love mercy and can overlook personal offenses and ignore their own hurt or loss god will show mercy towards such men and make them great like he did david for his treatment of saul now for us today all of that hard talk is really about puffing ourselves up while tearing another person down and can be deadly in mind body and inner spirit often it can turn into a deadly emotion and psych and become psychosomatic we think that we may be doing something to somebody else but on the other hand we really are doing the most damage to ourselves isn't it a beautiful gift of the inner spirit to know that we can count on another's discretion when we mess up when we need help when we need and can count on a person when the, when we are stuck in our situations in scripture we can back it up it says in uh, scripture discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men from men whose words are perverse who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways wisdom will save you also from the adulterous woman from the wayward woman with her seductive words who has left her partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before god surely her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead none who go to her return or attain the paths of life thus you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous for the righteous the up for the upright will live in the land and the blameless will return it remain in it it is a beautiful thing when we know that our help uses a god a jesus tone that is words and the tone that comes with them that come to help us instead of actually doing damage in our discretion with others let's remember the following Number one, words can hurt since the emotional pain networks in your brain overlap with physical pain networks. 
Number two, words can momentarily affect us all, but th these hurts can linger even for a lifetime. No if we want to speak to others in a loving tone, we should practice speaking with good judgment in the way you, we talk to ourselves. Often it's words and the tone that comes with them that actually do the most damage. And just think back on some of the things that have been done to you over the years, especially those said with criticism, derision shaming, anger, rejection, or scorn, and the impact they've had on your feelings and your hopes and your ambitions and your sense of self. Words can hurt since the emotional pain networks in your brain overlap with physical pain networks. The effects of this intertwining go both ways. For example, studies have shown that receiving social support reduces the perceived intensity of physical pain and remarkably that giving people Tylenol reduces the unpleasantness of social rejection. Besides their moment momentary effects, these hurts can linger even for a lifetime. They and people have gone to therapy and are on pills because of this same thing. The residual of hurtful words sifts down into emotional memory to cast that long shadows over the inner landscape of our mind. Plus, they can alter a relationship forever. Just think about the ripple effects of things said between parents and children from one sibling to another or among in-laws or just between friends. So do what you can to protect yourself from hurtful words from others. Prevent them in the first place if possible by talking about by, by if possible by talking about talking with others, perhaps share the guidelines that I'm going to give you. If this doesn't work, try to see the underlining pain and the needs that should have triggered them to let um, the rip go. Put their words into perspective. Turn toward resources in yourself and in your true friends. And shift the size of nature of the relationship if that's appropriate and possible. Using the Buddha philosophy over 2,500 years ago by the Buddha... I recognize the essence, its essence, sometimes expressed in the same words in other traditions and philosophies. From this perspective, wise speech always has five characteristics. It's well-intended, it comes with goodwill, not ill will, constructive, it's aimed to build up and not to tear down. It is true not overstated, taken out of contents, or blown out of proportion. Number three is beneficial. It helps things to better to be better, not worse, even if it takes a while. Also, it's timely, not driven by impositivity. It's um, rest on a foundation that creates a good chance of it being truly hard, heard. 
And number five, it is not harsh. It could be firm, it could be pointed or intense. It could confront misjudgment or injustice. Anger could be acknowledged, but it is not um, prosecutorial. I see. It should be not punitive, nasty, inflammatory, dismissive, uh, disdainful, or snarky. And if possible, it is wanted by the other person. If they don't want to hear you, you may just have to need to say, you just not need to say it. But there will be other cases when you need to speak for yourself, whether the other person likes it or not. And then it's more likely to go well if you follow the first five guidelines that I gave you. If you simply speak from your heart and have good intentions and keep re returning to the truth as you know it, it is hard not to, to speak wisely. If things get heated, stay grounded in wise speech. Be clear that how you speak is your own responsibility. No matter what the other person does, if you stray from the guidelines that I gave you, acknowledge that to yourself and perhaps to the other person. With time and a little practice, we all can find ourselves speaking with good judgment without consciously taking, thinking about it. We might be amazed at the powerful, assertive ways we can communicate within the frame of the six guidelines and consider the well-known examples of Gandhi, Mother Teresa, and Dr. Martin Luther King. While we, do when, while we do this with others, let's not forget about ourselves as we are our worst critics. You will be offended today today by uh, how others treat you. It is certainly in a sinful we are certainly in a sinful world. You will have numerous opportunities to practice wisdom, grace, and glory. What will you do? This is something that we must always constantly ask ourselves. Will you defer anger or resentment and glory in an opportunity to show the grace of Jesus Christ in your life? Or will you strike back verbally or bodily in, in self-protection? May the grace and strength of the Lord Jesus Christ convince all of us by his spirit to practice this proverb. Overcome evil with good, and may the world see our good works of mercy and forgiveness and the kingdom of God increased and improved by our actions. Have a blessed and beautiful day. Selah.